Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey, happy Monday, September 11. This is the fateful uh, anniversary of 9-11. We are in the year 2023. Uh, yeah, even with most of us being way more awake than we were a few years ago, we look at 9-11 completely different, don't we? That, uh, I mean, I, I'm one of those that believes it was an inside job. And uh, we've been talking about it with our staff. There's so much suspicious things surrounding that. Uh, that's not what our show's about today. But if anybody wants to comment on that, I don't know. We're going to ask. We're having Dr. Jan Helper Hayes. I hope I'm saying that right on. I'm looking forward to bringing her on in just a few minutes. We'll talk about any of that and um, crazy things. And, but anyway, there's a video that went viral that uh, Dr. Jan was on in the Great Britain News a few weeks back. And everyone's trying to get Dr. Jan on, on their program from what I can see. And uh, so I'm one of those as well. So I'm going to find out what she has to say. Anyway, President Trump endorsed it uh, with some comments. I'll even show you that here in a minute. But uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what uh, we're going to learn some stuff today. I know I am. So, all right. Well, before we bring in uh, Dr. Jan, let's go ahead and run one of those uh, clips for, for the well. So we got a new one that, that just came out today. So here we, here we go with that. Every day, people in Africa are faced with an impossible decision. Dirty water or no water at all. No one should have to make that choice. Together, we can help by providing clean water wells. Donate online at ElijahStreams.com slash donate. Or mail a check today to Elijah Streams, 525 2nd Avenue Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. Yeah, such an important, that's such a good clip and so right on. This is, that's the real brown water that most of them have never drank anything other than that kind of water their entire lives. And they have to walk for miles in order to, to be able to drink that until you and I came along and gave them fresh water. So thank you so much for your support in that. All right, time to bring in uh, Dr. Jan. So here we go with the episode of Prophets and Patriots. Here we go. Dr. Jan, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you, Steve? How lovely to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you as well. I just found out minutes ago that you actually watch Elijah streams, and I didn't know that when we we invited you. Absolutely. I mean, I've got only a handful um, that are just my regulars that I can always count on. Um, So, yes, and it's generally my regulars I've said yes to. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Well, that's it's so good. We are honored to have you here. And I've learned so much already in going. We're going to play a couple clips today. Um, But maybe before we do that, tell us a little bit about your maybe give your own uh, resume. uh, I thought about reading it, but, you know, tell us in your own words. Oh, goodness. (laughs) I got too many decades in there to go over. (laughs) Um, Oh, I don't even know where to begin, but I will say that what has always driven me is needing to make a difference. There was only one time in my entire career, my son was about 16, and it was the first time I really felt like I needed to make a living because I had to pay for his expensive boarding school and everything else. And I truly understood, I think for the first time, that burden that 
in the past it had been placed on men more than women, but that you really had to go earn a living to pay yeah. for the for the family. Um, but uh, you know, I don't even. I honestly, I don't know. I don't know where to begin. How about <laughs> if I sort of begin towards the end, and if anything else comes up early on? Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, the reason that I got asked to be on the Department of Defense Task Force was that um, throughout my career, I probably have advised or coached over 30,000 executives. Oh, really? Well, I, I, I've been doing it for a good four decades, wow. a good four decades. So, you know, within that time. And um, a lot of the, of the younger ones, um, are have been moving into positions of uh, authority, and I, I not that I stayed in touch with a lot of them, but occasionally I get a call. Oh, I'm in this position. Can you come consult? Can you do this? Can you do that? And so that is literally how um, I was recruited because wow. I was known over the years. But backing up to that. I trained as a psychologist in 2017. I got accepted at Stanford to their summer institute for political psychology. Wow. And so I lived in a fraternity house with 34 other people being the only conservative wow. and, and, and most of them students or PhD. I mean, people from 20 different countries were all part of this. And, and it was really great because I had been the global vice president of Republicans overseas. I had been on Trump's transition team. I, I, I had been involved in politics when I lived back in the States in San Francisco. Um, and uh, I just felt that my reputation as an expert in change and leadership and strategy I needed to augment it because I really didn't take poli sci courses. I really didn't mm. take a lot of the social side. So that that was really, really, uh, it was wonderful to be able to go back to school and, you know, for two months live with these people. And every day we had a new expert that came, um, uh, of course, still with liberal leanings and everything yeah. else. Um, but yeah, and um, I, through my later years, uh, specialized in mergers and acquisitions because I would develop the strategic rationale, which basically means there was a reason for the merger, but the rationale has to be com communicated and executed upon mm. with the leadership that is ultimately decided upon blending together. And I was leading Europe, Middle East, and Africa for Price Waterhouse Coopers Consulting, and then wow. IBM bought us. And so on on the very last major project I did, the CEO said, I hired her because she's already been through it, and she hated the process living through it. So she really knows, and she can talk to all our people. But that project took a lot out of me. I hit 90 countries in seven months. Um, Unbelievable, really? Yes, yes. Now how did you jump forward um, 
to to working for Trump and and then eventually getting on this 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 show that we're about to play clips of. How did that come about? Well, um, there was in 2014 a law came into effect. It was called the Foreign Account Tax Compliance Act. Okay. FATCA. Uh, I was asked to be the UK chairman for Republicans overseas. And then a few months later, they asked if I'd be the global VP and I helped uh, set up our 51 country chapters. We were all worried about this because we, other than Eritrea, we are the only nation where we're double taxed. And it, we were always trusted to fill everything out. But McCain and Orrin Hatch and one other obviously had to be on the liberal side, um, pushed this through, which then was going to force over 850 foreign financial institutions into reporting every transaction that an American made. So in February of 2014, because it was going to be July of that year that uh, the law came into effect, Deutsche Bank sent out letters in Germany, in Belgium, um, and uh, in France, and said, we're not going to handle your accounts anymore. We are not going to handle your investments. We're not going to handle your insurance. We do not want any American clients. Well, it cost France $850 million alone to update their software systems to comply with this. And the long and short of it is that um, I, I bank with City over here in the UK, but they called me and they said, you transferred X amount of money to blah, blah, blah. What was it for? I said, you've never called me and asked me. You know, I, I don't Well, we have to. We have to report all of this now and when when it is a larger sum. And I think it was it was a couple of thousand dollars and it Jeez. went to an attorney. It went to an attorney in the US, you yeah, know. What businesses yeah. of theirs, it's unbelievable. Well, but after the first year that it was implemented, over six thousand American citizens were forced to renounce their citizenship because if they lived abroad, if they wanted to uh, refinance their mortgage and they were an American, they wouldn't be dealt with. And so, and over 20% of the mixed marriages, meaning another a non-American, um, ended up in divorce because if you're married to a U.S. person and you aren't, you are still subjected to our tax system. And so it, it, it really, it became a horrible thing. So I got involved. Um, we were determined to raise enough money to take it to the Supreme Court. We ended up with 10 plaintiffs. Uh, Senator Rand Paul was behind it. I mean, it was, it was really wonderful. And um, then Trump got the nomination. And 
I had already had a few people that did the PR because when I lived back in the States, I had been the management expert on the NBC Today show. I had done, I had a book that was bestseller. I had done media. I was so happy not to be doing it. And then Trump gets it and I have eight people and I still don't have enough people to Hmm. deal with all the interview requests. And so I got involved and uh, the rest is history because I am well known to supporting uh, Trump. Well known. Uh, well, and, people- and that's something in the UK too. So, well, here's what I want to do. You got this interview uh, on Great, uh, Great Britain News. It sounds like you've been on, on before. I'm going to play the clip. Okay. And then, uh, and then we're going to come back to it because, I, you know, I'm watching the clock too. I want to make sure we have time to get some of this in. But um I'm going to tell people a little bit what to watch for, because you're going to talk about 1871. We'll come back and talk about that. You're going to talk about Space Force that you mentioned, the Queen, and all these different things. Yep. And rather than um, rather than show all the clip of the guy asking you questions in the interest of time, I'm just having, we're playing the clip of you answering questions. Okay, so Good. people will say, well, where's his questions? Well, we don't need his questions. We just want to know what you're telling. So with that in mind, this is like a three and a half minute or something clip at Fine. the most. Let's play that, and then I'm going to come back and ask you about those here. So here we go. All right. Now, let me say something about this 2020 election, is that Biden is a legitimate president, but he's a legitimate president of what is now the bankrupt U.S. corporation. And that was a treaty in 1871. Well, on September 12, 2018, Trump created an executive order. Within that, he outlined in future elections any kind of foreign or domestic interference, specifically for the 2020 election. So we say, how did he know some of these things were going to happen? Election integrity on both sides of the aisle is tough. It's really tough. But what this has done is it's opened the door for Trump to present his case. Well, that's a good thing, isn't it? Because, I mean, because the, I mean, what we see on this side of the pond is a very difficult situation where the legal system is politicised in the United States, which is abhorrent to us over right. here. So the fact that Trump can subpoena, some people saying it's a mistake by Jack Smith, but actually he can subpoena, we, you know, people can actually see... Evidence from both right. sides. That's a sensible yes, move. Exactly. And and it's a great mistake by Jack Smith that he's done that. Absolutely great. See, the thing is, think about um, uh, Edward Snowden and all the information he had. Think about the fact that our military, our Department of Defense Space Force, <clears throat> if you think that they don't have the actual real results from the election, then... You're fooling yourself. You know, I sit on a task force at the Department of Defense. And the thing is, they've got the goods. They've got the goods. And Trump knew that if he presented any of the goods early on, we'd have a civil war. That he really felt that the people needed to see how bad it could get. They made fun of him because they assumed he broke protocol and walked in front of the queen. No, if you go back and look at it, you will see he looked at her. She gave a wave with her hand. He proceeded. She took a couple of steps. He stopped and he waited for her to join. That was an optic to tell us that he then was going to bankrupt the U.S. corporation because it was the Vatican, the crown 
and the U.S. that was part since 1871. And we were giving you our tax dollars. We were paying back. You know, we, forget this Tea Party and without taxation, without representation. We owed you a lot of money because you helped us in the Civil War. And so that is what Trump has now, to he told the Queen, I'm ending this. We're dissolving this corporation. We're going to go back to being a republic and we'll all be separate. The Pope wasn't happy. You should find the picture of him visiting the Pope. It took 650 planes to remove our gold from the Vatican Bank. I'm not very happy about it, Jan, to be perfectly honest. We could do with your money at the minute. <laughs> keep, it, keep it flowing, I say. Um, Jan Halperhey, really good to see you. Thank you, too. you very much indeed. You too. Listen, Melania looks like she's going to a funeral with the black. And, I know. And she I looks know. like they're totally intending a Now, i got to show this. Uh, Emily, put up that graphic real quick of, of what President Trump, this is President Trump responding to this interview about Dr. Jan. It says, Dr. Jan Halper-Haynes is fantastic. Everybody has got to watch her interview on election fraud with the poor sap who got taken apart by her. Thank you, Don Jr., for putting this masterpiece out for the public to see. Which So he was really, really endorsing it between the great interview and then that endorsement. This thing went crazy, but let's go back to the 1871. That is the star of the show to, today. Tell people what happened in 1871 with Ulysses S. Grant. What's that? Go ahead. Uh, uh, let me back up go and, ahead. and explain, because yeah. some people are still confused. The District of Columbia is not part of the United States of America. It is a foreign country unto itself. It has its own constitution. Um, and uh, we don't, you know, Nancy was arguing for representatives to, but that would be a foreign representative within yeah. our Congress if, if that was to go through. The Vatican City is a sovereign entity unto itself. When the um, uh, money laundering exposure of the Vatican Bank came out, the hands of the Italian government were tied because it would have violated the sovereignty of the Vatican. Hmm. Because So Vat the Vatican City, then this goes all the way back to 1066, Whoa. William the Conqueror. So the Romans had built this city of London one mile square. And that's where all the financial um, uh, people um, have their offices and everything. But William the Conqueror told the bankers back then that that could be, in essence, a country unto itself. Wow. Okay. And that Britain, the crown, could not interfere. If the queen, when she was alive, and now King Charles III, if they want to go to the city of London, they have to consult the Lord Mayor and get permission to come to enter the city of and London. And when you say the city of London, you're talking about this one mile square or whatever? One mile square, yes. One mile square that is right within the financial center of the world. It's where the bankers from all over the world brought all of their offices and everything else and they and they still are there yeah. i mean they're um so what you have is um 
these three sovereign nations, but the 1871 treaty came about because we owed France an enormous amount of money. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And the Brits decided to come in, or well, the bankers, they decided to come in and offer to help us. But that meant that a good portion of U.S. tax dollars would be going to Britain or to the bankers, to the cabal every single year. And that is why we are not in control of our money. I'm not going to go into all of that about how the cabal is running us and, you know, created the um, Federal Reserve, et cetera. I'll leave that for That's another well, And real quick on that one part, on the, a significant part of our tax dollars that goes to the IRS, you're saying has always been being sent to, yes. to, 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 the, the to the bankers, to the cabal. Yes. Yes. I, I think it's one of the reasons that we're in so much debt, but they created the whole debt system. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so the 1871 treaty, which meant the U S was in charge of the military for this U S crown corporation. The finances was controlled by the bankers in the city of London and the Vatican was the bank. And the Vatican, which everyone sees as only a religious institution was the banker all these Years, yes. hundreds, hundreds yes. of years, hundred plus, and and that picture that you showed, I just so love. Have you ever seen Trump look happier? I, know, I have never, so, I have never seen him that abused. He was so happy. I mean, and his wife was playing a great part because she played like the. <laughs> she looked yeah, like they're attending a funeral. The Pope, the Pope <laughs> is just. He's he's remorse. Oh <laughs> he's man, remorse. he's so yeah. angry right now. And he um, knew his his gold was being orchestrated to be flown out of there. You got before you're done telling the story, you gotta tell how you know anything else you know about the gold. So because you had said in one of your interviews, we got our gold. Is that our gold that we had been go ahead, oh, yes. whatever you want to say that? Go ahead. Right. Six hundred and fifty planes to get our gold out. And and why is it our gold? How, how, how Because you... they were our bank. Okay. And so we were, we were forced to use the Vatican as our bank. And when the cabal for, forced us to go to paper money, to fiat currency, we still had huge assets in gold. So if we weren't allowed to really have it over on our soil, right. we had to put it in the Vatican Bank. Um, even though we've heard about Fort Knox and, you know, it doesn't mean we hadn't had some gold here, yeah. but it was, we're taking our gold back. It's In other words, it was the collateral for us to stay as part of the corporation. So this corporation got launched in 1871. Ulysses S. Grant was the president at the time. And you had a three-way partnership between Great Britain, no, the city of London, one mile square, not the whole of, of the country, this one mile square, the Vatican being the banker and us being the military power. And most of, in all of these years from 1871, most of our, or significant amount of our taxes were just sent over to the cabal. Yeah. Yeah. And Trump went on this tour 
to uh, some people call it a submission tour where these world powers had to submit to him. And he, he didn't just go to the Vatican and, and to see the queen, but others, we won't have time for that now. But uh, Trump was going around saying, we're done with this folks. We're not doing this anymore. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So let's talk about Saudi Arabia for yeah. a moment yeah. because after, and, and yes, it's usually the king that has a sword and that was um, an incredible honor to give it to him. And that's why, People think, you know, they were submitting, but there was something more important because after he left, the king was no longer the king. Over 200 royals were arrested. Uh, the jail was the Ritz-Carlton uh, in, in Riyadh. That's not such a bad jail. Um, but the now former king had to pay $6 billion really? in fines and... What Trump did was he exposed all the child and human trafficking that was going on amongst the royals. And then um, he went to Israel because he had to tell Netanyahu, you know, and then um, in between there, uh, I should I should look this up because I hate not being accurate, sure. but um, he he had either a NATO meeting or a G7 meeting in between, but he went to the Vatican. The Vatican was going to be the first place that he was going to let them know we're taking our money back. Wow. You know, I love that. No more collateral. You don't have any power over us. It's I'm taking it back. And then actually uh, it was June of 2019, I believe that he formally notified the queen on his trip there. Um, he had notified her well before um, it, and he probably would have come over sooner, but you had these liberals and you had the equivalent of our speaker of the house, the speaker of the parliament. Um, he refused to allow Trump to come. Really? You know, they were doing everything of, you know, criticizing him. It was in the throes of the fake media telling yeah. you all these awful things about Trump. So it took a while for him to come over and be uh, with the queen um, without uh, these people who have a wrong impression. Although, let me say something. There are very few people who have a wrong impression of Trump. I did a radio show. And this will just show you the arrogance of the BBC. Because I mentioned while I was coming here, my Uber driver and I were talking about Trump. And it is amazing how much he knows and how he supports him and everything else. Before that interview was over, that presenter had to make fun of me for thinking that the Uber driver had a sense of things. Really? Yes. And I said, hey, wait a minute, because you need to go to the grocery store. You need to get in an Uber. You need to go to your local dry cleaners yeah. thing. And you need to discover that your little insular world is out of touch, is out of touch. And you don't like hearing that actually the everyday folk, which I trust them far more. Yeah. Then I trust some educated person who pontificates 
and only listens to CNN or MSNBC. Um, that kind of arrogance. People love him. And my neighbor just came back. They had to go to Boston um, uh, for a funeral. And uh, she's Polish. But she said, oh, my gosh, everyone. This is the Boston area and Cape Cod. Everyone loves Trump. Really? Oh, this is what you're serious? This is Boston? This Boston and Cape Cod, she's telling me, and they're wearing their Trump 2024. And wow. somebody had a T-shirt on saying, I voted for Trump in 2020 and will in 2024. Love um, it. Yeah. And see, uh, we need to be on the ground. You know, in fact, a very good friend of mine, um, because uh, I was very involved with the Republican National Committee because of my role yeah. um, with Republicans overseas. And there was a group of us that really believed that Trump was going to win the presidency. And about March of 2016, she said she got so depressed. She lived in D.C. and also um, actually represented the governor of Guam. And she asked her husband to just get out of D.C. And they had they they, they just had to get away. Yeah. And she said the only thing that restored her was everywhere they went. There were Trump signs. Oh, man. Said, oh, and see, that's that's it. And so we have to stay aware. We have to go places where we don't normally go. And I mean that on the internet, with social media, with news sources, because then we will keep ourselves far more abreast. But that, she came back and she said, I'm not depressed anymore. He's going to win. I know. I just know. That's so good. Um, okay, so you you talked about September 12, which is the, tomorrow's the anniversary of September 12 of 2018. So what's that? Five years ago, Trump... Uh, did a an executive order. Do you remember which one that was? Yeah, 13848. And talk about what that That's was. Foreign, foreign, um, uh, um, foreign and domestic involvement in our elections. And uh, Biden just renewed it. Well, and the, the, when he did that, I want to come back to that and say, when he did that, there had been no stolen election yet. So I, you were talking about that on that show, and you said, how did he know what was about to happen? Was it sort of a um, rhetorical uh, question? No, I, I see where you're going. Okay. Uh, the military had originally wanted to get Obama out, and they went to Trump to ask him. You to mean they wanted to, do, they wanted to have a coup is what you're saying, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They wanted to rescue our nation, basically. That they wanted yeah. to rescue our nation. Yeah. And they knew that Obama was destroying our nation. Yeah. But they went to Trump and he agreed to run. The military, even back then, was fully aware of how the liberals feel a need to um, uh, not be completely upfront with the honesty of the elections is the best way yeah. I can say <laughs> to, that. Yeah. To, yeah. And so uh, now just think, think about a few things. One, how does the New York times get real life time of 
the votes that are happening in our over 3,000 counties. And they're not the only news source that gets that. Well, if they can get it, you think our military does not get it? Good point. So, um, so they had known how the liberals try to cheat, and they headed it off in 2016. But they knew that in 2018, the cheating would be going on again, but they decided they needed to let it happen. But because they informed Trump of it, he created the executive order and specifically was talking more about 2020 in the executive order okay. than, than 2018. It was September 12th, 2018 that he did this. And they get renewed every two years. Every, um, the executive orders do? Yes. Okay. But here's the thing is that Biden now has had to renew it two times. And and <laughs> Are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna expound on how if he has to renew it? Oh what do you mean he has to? Is he is he not the president? So what what do you say about that? why did he have to did he have a a gun to his head, so to speak? Or, or <laughs> okay, let's let's think about it this way. Okay. Um if in fact, and it's not the only executive order that he has renewed. Okay. You would say, if Obama is the puppeteer, then why is Biden renewing those? Right, right, right. I mean, because Biden can't, I mean, Obama can't possibly really be the puppeteer. I think he is a puppeteer in some of the social things, but um, no, I, I, I don't know if Biden is fully aware of what he's doing, but I do know he's being instructed. Well, and and there were other executive orders that, I mean, Guantanamo Bay, Biden absolutely said he was going to close Guantanamo Bay. And I think Obama did too, but they turns out that they couldn't do it. And, you know, it's like, it begs the question, why couldn't they do it when they swore they wanted to? And many of them know they're going to end up there. So <laughs> so they would have wanted to take Guantanamo Bay down. And I mean, I don't even know if we have an answer to this. You and I have the question, how could Biden sign, extend this uh, several times when it go, some of these orders go against him because it's foreign invasion of our elections and he's guilty of that. Well, and also with um, the national emergency and turning things over to the military, he just signed, uh, he just renewed that executive order and delegated everything to the defense secretary. They have not let Biden into the Pentagon. (laughs) Are you serious? I'm absolutely serious. I'm oh. absolutely serious. And in the in the beginning, the mainstream media covered it. But of course, uh, they wouldn't mention anything now. But no. Um, and I don't know any facts about who is Biden? Is this Biden? I mean, you know, you look at the different pictures. We can have fun guessing. But in the end, we know that Trump's in charge with the yeah. military. 
military. He's the commander in chief. As Derek Johnson has explained to us so well, it was separated by the Supreme Court to be the federal job of presidency and commander in chief. And, and Dr. Jan, do you have any doubt in your mind whether Trump is the is the commander in chief or not? What what would you say? Oh no, I have no doubt in my okay. mind. No doubt in my mind. And I have suggested to people that they get the book. It's a fiction book, but it's more than fiction. By Brigadier General A.J. Tata. A.J. Tata was number three at the Defense Department. He was the policy planning person for Chris Miller, for the Secretary of Defense. And this fiction book of Double Crossfire will give you so many clues to what is going on behind the scenes. Because as we know, there are only seven people besides those in the military that truly know what's in the peeps. What is the plan, the Presidential um, Emergency Act document? So the, that's the PEDS you just mentioned. And then it's a, it's like a semi-secret plan that you're saying only seven people know the well, details? the president and the military. And then, of course, the Secretary of Defense would need to know. So relevant non-military people that are still involved in the whole thing. But Double Crossfire, when you read it, and I think I read it in 2018. Really? I mean, the, yes, yes. And, and, and especially with all we know now, I'm going back. I, I've given out so many copies. I have to order another one for myself. Um, it, it's, it's amazing. It's and amazing so it's a, what it'll clue you, you in it, on. Well, you said it's fiction, but it's not really. So did somebody in the know write well, that? Well, AJ Tata. A.J. Tata, who wrote it, the general, the brigadier general, okay. is also writes fiction. Um, and he's got a whole series of books. But this one, Double Crossfire, when you think about his role to be able to write that book. My goodness. While My goodness. he was planning. he If there's anyone that knows the inside details, it's A.J. Tata. Now, you uh, on that show, you, you talked about Space Force, and then you said if anybody thinks that, uh, you know, because all the communications from the military were all turned over, if I understand right, to Space Force, uh, you know, and when Trump first did that, I didn't have any clue that that was part of a massive plan to to s safeguard everything. But so all of the communications, as I understand, go through Space Force. And then you said if if people think that that the re, that they don't know the actual election results, you know, you're not paying attention or something like that. So do you you feel like Space Force and the military that uses it absolutely knows who was elected and and by what kind of exact margins? How, how yeah, what it, was, it was it um, was uh, it wasn't until uh, maybe the past six, eight months, you know, time goes so fast these days, it flies by so fast. So I will just say that sometime in the past 12 months was when every bit of communication in the military was then completely transferred to Space Force. Okay. But Space Force was originally to deal with cybersecurity mm -hmm. and communications. Um, 
but every other military outlet handle their own. It now has been consolidated, which um, Space Force has a large installation on Maui. And they had gotten... Oh, Maui, huh? Yes. And they had gotten word that there was a possible deep state attack. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. They got everything out and they were leaving the island because they thought, and they made it very public that they were doing that because they thought if the deep state or the evil ones were aware of that, then they wouldn't. Then they wouldn't but, attack. Right. But they struck anyway. And, and okay, so I hadn't, I didn't know we were going to cover this. So what would you I, say? I didn't oh, know either. It just well, kind of went. Here, here it is. So, so was it, in your view, in my view, it was an attack. It was a, it was a weapon of some sort of, is that what you would say? Do your friends say that? What, what would you say? About I have that? been told okay. that, that they used remote drones. Okay. With the weapons on them. Yes. Yes. And this would be like a do a, a directed energy weapon of some exactly. sort. Yes. And yet they, they left certain houses standing completely untouched. Completely. Yeah. The whole yeah. Thing. And, but it? here's the thing. Everyone's going, where's all these children? Yeah. And school hadn't started until the next day. Oh, okay. So I have heard suppositions that Space Force did a good job of getting all the children out. I heard the same thing. I heard this, although I don't think I heard Space Force connected to it, but I heard that that, that they were rescued and the children were safe. Yeah. But those, you know, the Patriot channels, you don't know if they're if they're blowing smoke or if these are really, you know, because some right. of them are actual, I'm probably really close to Intel, but, you know, because they know somebody who knows somebody. I don't know. But right. supposedly the kids are safe, which is very, very good news if it's true, right? Absolutely. They haven't found their bodies. They yeah. have. Yeah. So do you have uh, it happen to have any idea or even guesses why uh, the White Hats, Trump and, and the military, have not been able to take out those directed energy uh, weapons? Why is it so hard to get at them? Any Any ideas or thoughts on that? Well, I think that really the objective is what they want is for them to expose the tools that they use. Yeah. Because unless they, if they don't use them, we don't know they have them. I see what you're saying. So it's the same thing as when people say, oh, I hope if Trump's president again, he'll pick better people for his administration. Boy, he picked duds. No, I completely disagree. He had to bring those people in because if he needed to clean up the swamp, he needed the swamp divers to be revealing to him their thinking and their actions. How else would he have really understood? He needed that opposition there. Yeah, he fired them when it was really time. Good. So really no, good. He, he, re- he knew exactly what he was doing. Um, I'm trying to look at the time. We've got a three-minute clip. I think I'll go ahead and play it because it's so good, and it's got a bunch of your quotes, Dr. Okay. So I'm going to play that. It's like three and a half minutes or something like that. And uh, let's run that, and then we'll talk about it. So here we go. All right. 
Donald Trump actually plays chess on a 5D level, and you never can anticipate what his next move is going to be. Dan Scavino, who handles his social media, keeps sending hints out to us. We get messages in circuitous ways. Trump's temperament is one of action. It's not, it, and it is no different than John F. Kennedy's. In terms of telling us things, optics, you better believe that he's very much a straight shooter in terms of actions that he's going to take or what he thinks needs to be done. Trump came out at this point announcing his candidacy because he knew and he wanted to test who was going to be against him. They said, oh, he suffered this incredible defeat. What we were working on was taking over school boards. We wanted to get Nancy Pelosi out. We wanted local councils. Yes, he had 23 out of 235 that didn't um, win their seats. Let me tell you what Trump has been doing, because it could be earlier than 2024 and not because the election will be overturned. Trump has been endorsing candidates in each of the different states. We're kind of fed up with the rhinos, which are Republicans in name only. And the other thing is that what people don't understand is that the U.S. is a republic. And in that, you have to think of it like we're 50 different countries. And so he wants to really support state legislatures and secretaries of state so that a lot of the problems that happened in 2020 can get cleared up. The prediction is we're going to take the House and the Senate. They're talking about Trump being the speaker of the Senate, and then he will be able to impeach Biden and Harris, and he will be able to take over because he'll be third in line. People want to recruit him to be the speaker. I'm not saying that that is Trump's plan, but the conservative people have been talking about that because the Speaker of the House does not have to be an elected official. They've made a huge, huge mistake with this one because even though we thought what was going to happen was they were going to go after him for treason or sedition, but they did criminally charge him, but they didn't go to that extreme. As a result, he has due process, so he can subpoena people. You could go to Wikipedia and find Operation Mockingbird, that the CIA has been in there forever. Then Obama repealed the 1948 Smith-Munt Act, which then permitted propaganda to be in broadcasting. It no longer said that it had to be credible. And so when he came out and said fake news, he warned us at the end of his speech that it is going to be very hard. The establishment, the media, the globalists are all going to come after. They're going to try to intimidate, but he needed to smoke them out. I really want people to understand that they need to go to other sources because the media will not tell you about his successes. And that uh, that time for Trump to be Speaker of the House, that's kind of come and gone now. Is that that path? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well before McCarthy. I think it was because so many didn't want McCarthy either. Yeah. But um, yeah. I had hoped yeah. that he would be Speaker. But if you don't have the Senate, it doesn't matter as much as much because doesn't if you had if you impeach those two, they'd have to be, be finalizing the Senate, I think. You're you're absolutely right. It it was a pipe dream, um, but 
it was worth talking yeah, about. Well, yeah, it absolutely was. Yeah. Now, what you talked about Trump being a 5D chess player. I've heard the same thing. Um, and and do all of his contemporaries, they do they see him the same way? They see he's just too brilliant? I mean, he's genius. He must be a, a, a tactical genius. Um, he is. Um, when Hillary was claiming, and as well as many others, that Trump didn't have the right temperament to be president, um, I there were only 10 people at the time on his 2016 campaign, and I convinced Alan Cobb and Sam Clovis to get me to him because I Did wanted you? him, I wanted him to take the presidential temperament assessment tool. Forty-two presidents were analyzed with it, and so I wrote a two-part article that was published in Breitbart about why his temperament was the perfect temperament for what the country needed. And let me just say, people think temperament and personality go to get no. Your temperament is what you are born with. You're either action-oriented, you're detail-oriented, you're flighty, whatever. Your personality is often a result of that which happens around you, um, the world in which you live in, how you react, etc. But his temperament was very much like both Roosevelt's, JFK Jr., Lyndon Baines Johnson, Bill Clinton, Ronald Reagan, they all, those were, and he is a man of action. You know, one of the people close to JFK Jr. had said, don't talk to him about anything of yesterday or of tomorrow. He only focuses on the critical issues of what needs to happen now. Really? That's good. That's good to hear that. That's interesting. Which also made me realize, because I tried, I really tried to understand the liberals and how their mind works. And I don't know if I'll ever achieve that, but <laughs> I do, I do make a really good effort at it every day. Um, but if at Disney world, which is bigger than Disneyland. And I, I grew up around Disneyland. Yeah. My high school graduation night from midnight. To oh, there it was. Yeah. Was there, you know, but, Disney World, um, actually, Disneyland can fit into the parking lot at Disney World. That's really? how much smaller it is. But okay, so if the conservatives and the liberals were at Disney World together, you would find the conservatives on Main Street in Frontierland and in Adventureland. But you'd have to go to Tomorrowland and Fantasyland to find those liberals. That's, <laughs> that's good. Hey, that's a perfect metaphor, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I always just say liberals want—they just want two things: power and control. I mean, that's but that's a totally different category, I think. But you know, they want the world to be as they think it should be, according to their ideals, yeah. which is also why they're delusional. Because they think subjectively as opposed to any kind of rationality. And they go along with the herd. And if you don't conform, they're, they're almost like modern day Puritans that are self-righteous, punitive, and 
demanding almost in a Soviet structure that you have to have the correct thinking. Well, if any of them were my patients, I would be looking at what makes them so afraid of life. Really? Because, really? Yeah. Well, that's where, I mean, you have a closed mind. You don't want new information coming in because if you have this framework and you hold on to this framework, then you think that that is keeping you secure. And it's why anything outside of that realm that comes at them triggers them. And I feel so bad for um, these Whenever it started, the safe spaces in universities, and and I think that it is a tragedy because those at least professors of psychology should know better. But the fact that they cater to those who claim to be triggered means they're not building the most important qualities in their character, which is the ability to deal with adversity and being resilient. Oh, other, good. You can fall down, and if you're going to cry about it, somebody didn't teach you the right way to deal with those knocks to get right back up. Just as I, I, when I was little, it was always, if you fall off the horse, you get right back on. If you fall yep. off the bike, yep. you get right back if on. If you fall down seven times, if you fall down seven times, get up eight. You know, it's like exactly. and Trump, Trump's late. He keeps preaching and speaking on don't quit. Never, never, never. It's kind of a Churchill uh, approach. Yeah. Don't quit. Don't yes. quit. And that's what we're so lucky to have him. Not lucky, fortunate. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I, um, I agree. I yeah, and let me ask you about the, you know, Trump came down in 2015 in the escalator, and that's his famous entry in it. Was this plan in effect by the time he came down the escalator? Do you know? Oh, oh, yeah. He, um, you can go back to his either 1999 or 1998 interview with Tim Russert. Uh, okay. Yeah, all right. It's a good 25 minute interview. And in there, he had, joined the reform party because he was fed up with the Republicans. Yeah. In fact, I think he took out a full page ad, you know, but, um, uh, but there was talk of him running for president then. And Tim Russert asked him and he said, I'll only run if I know I can win. And that was, uh, 14 years before, 15 wow, years ago. Wow. Yeah, I saw yeah. him on an Oprah interview um, that he was a fairly famous one too. And they, they said, will you run? He said, only if I have to. And I thought, well, he clearly knows he would win if he won, but he said, he would, he said, I would only run if I have to, if there are like, cause there's no other way. And I thought that's interesting because it was, a, it felt refreshing to hear him say it. Like well, Rona Barrett. Do you remember Rona Barrett, the gossip columnist? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, that was one of the very first interviews, 1980, and uh, and this was he kind of came into light because he fixed the um, Woolman ice rink in Central Park. Right, really fast. Yes, yeah. So 1980, and um, she said, "Well, wouldn't wouldn't you sac- sacrifice to become president of the United States?" And you know, he kind of brushed it off, and then she came back to the question again. And he said, the problem is that I don't think the people are ready 
to hear the truth. Instead, they want a brainless politician who tells them what they want to hear and keeps a smile on their face. That's not the verbatim, but that is, you know, they're not ready for this. He knew it back then. He knew what he had in. It's so interesting because there's a brilliance, you know, Kim Clement, you know, prophesied the plan is he had the South African accent. So brilliant. He'd roll his R, his L's and R. It was so brilliant. I just think that's, you know, we don't worship a man or, you know, our trust is in God, but God picked this man and anointed him like he anointed Cyrus of old. And so it's amazing. The difference is this man, do you know anything about his spiritual walk? I know he's getting closer and closer to the Lord. Have you heard anything? In, in those kind of veins? Um, I I think that he probably has always had a spiritual side. Oh, okay. And has had his own way of expressing it. Yeah. Um, Pastor Barnes, we were, we were both on a radio show uh, leading up to the 2016 election. And I, in fact, when I saw him, I got tears. Really? Yeah. Yes, because he had been doing some good things with Trump, and I, you know, and I just wanted to thank him. And nice. um, and and he said, the man is more in touch with God than people realize. Very cool. He yeah. has to be. I mean, g- come on. Yeah. He has yeah. to be. We well, know. you know, but even even with that, you know, I agree with you. He has to be to be have this brilliance. But with that, he would make these. Things like he'd point up and say he's the boss, things like that. He didn't have a bunch of emotion to it. He just said he's the boss, and, and we need more of God. He's, I've seen some of sermons uh, from a few years ago during the. I think when he was running, I may have been when he was rerunning. But you know, mm-hmm. by the way, let's talk about that for a minute. Um, these closing minutes. What is it your understanding, Jan, that when he's when he saw twenty twenty coming? We're working a plan. He's working a plan since before 2015. So this is my question. Did he know he was going to win overwhelmingly? And at the same time, did he know he was going to let them steal it to begin with? Because he had to walk this work, work out this plan. Yes. Yes, absolutely. He knew that because they, they started a year before the, 2020 election saying, oh, if he loses, he won't leave the White House. Well, he was going to leave the White House. He knew that if he, in fact, tried to even show the receipts at the time or just after the 2020 election, no one would have listened to him. You know, the media would have just massacred him. Mm-hmm. Democrats would have had so much fun with it. But the biggest fear from the military standpoint, because they hadn't gotten rid of the moneyed people that fund the activists and the rioters and everything else, they they were too afraid yeah. of real, a civil war. Yeah. And and so he planned. He planned for all of it. It was all planned. And the thing about it is that when when he, he didn't lose, but when he allowed them to steal it, he could have, you know, he could have done stuff, but he allowed it to happen in his great wisdom that came only from our creator. We would never have known about the pedophilia 
and the worldwide epidemic and tunnels beneath the earth where people are being trafficked in human slavery and drugs and this and that, we would never have known if he, even if he came back and forced his way back in, we would have said, great, we have a president for four more years. Well, that that would have lasted for four more years, and then we'd be right back where we were. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now, back to the show. So in his brilliance, you yes. know, he had to let us have the pain, didn't he? He He had to let us have the pain, but more so he had to let them force the pain on their own okay. so that they would wake up a bit. Yeah. And we're still worried that uh, we need, we need to have some of the 20% that are not awake, wake up. A little more of the 20% wake up. Is there, is there a magic number that we're trying to reach? It's not a magic number as much as um, if normally, if you look at the 80 20 rule, yeah, um, you know, 20% of your clothes are worn 80% of the time, you know, yeah. but it's, it's the opposite right now. In you need a larger portion mm. of people who are awake because we can't get rid of all the evil people. And when you look at what just the few evil activists who have been funded, the damage that they have done, we need to keep on reducing that and reducing the people that are funding them, the NGOs, and to be able to deal with that so that we don't. And what do you think the answer is on waking those some more, let's say it's 5% more, you know, or another fourth of not 5%, another 5% of the total. So get us get it to 85 to just make up a number. What's what, what needs to be done to wake up those other, the next five to 7%. Well, I'm struggling with that right now. Okay. I, I really am. And, and I'll tell you why. Um, one is that they will not take in new information mm. if, in fact, someone else, even even if you go on the Internet to fact check 1871, right. they're lying all about it. Right. They're totally denying all those facts. And so somebody went there uh, and on my LinkedIn really came after me. 35 people went back after her and tried to explain things to her and finally gave up. They couldn't get through to her. So what we're dealing with is such a closed mindedness that we're trying to figure out who could influence them and what that influence could be. So it could be a who, it could be a what. Could be and, a what. And is it going to be a financial crash that's going to make them win? Well, right, win? something that's so painful like a financial crash or exactly. or the real threat of a foreign invasion. I think uh, Robin Bullock talked about that, that there are certain people that will, they're, they're so asleep. And this was something that was studied. It might have been in those books that people that Obama 
studied and this, that, that people can become so demoralized or so set in a way that you can show them in black and white or color and they won't believe you even though you literally show them and his comment was the only thing that will change that is a foreign invasion and then his answer to that was and so therefore god's going to invade so there's you know basically and this is my spiritual side if god will help break through on, on a, um, some revival that's going to help a great deal too but short of that i think a fear of loss of money or fear of loss of country it seems like those are the those are the waker uppers well the fear of loss of country is something to us it's not to them okay because they've been brainwashed to hate it to apologize for it okay. and everything else it has to be something that hits them personally yeah and what hits you better than a financial crash you can't yeah. get your money yeah. um so so it's going to be that and the other thing that could possibly happen is when trump goes to court for the march 4th uh georgia yeah and presents the receipts that he really yeah. wants yeah then and, and there's the evidence that this man you trusted cheated as well as every other democrat politician and it's not to say that some republicans weren't part of that that's why right. they were never trumpers or they say it was a perfectly safe election um that will be the other thing but that one uh concerns me and we have to really be careful to watch it because that kind of cognitive dissonance can really send them down into a depression yeah and and if they're in a depression and they're in despair, we're still not going to get through Yeah, that. it's got to be, they got to give them hope that there's a fix, right? If, yes. if, they're, if, they, if they finally want something different, it's not going to do any good if they don't have the hope of the fix. And, you know, right. this is where the, uh, so back, and back to the thing in 2015. So there's a plan, there's been a plan all along, the plan's being worked out. And the biggest concern right now is the waking up of the final few whatever percentage that is that's what and, and as believers we can pray and pray and pray lord wake them up you know there's that too so yeah and i think a few more of their heroes be it movie stars celebrities that are finally brought to justice in public eye that's going to wake up a few uh, a few people if that happens well, if we could really get those military tribunals going oh publicly, yeah yeah that that could do something. But then what we have is the sound of freedom. Yeah. And what that has done. And That's amazing. It's grossed $184 million today. I saw that. I just saw that. It's thought, passed up. It passed up. Indiana Jones and Mission Impossible last night. They were like by $10 million, it was yep. overtaken Mission Impossible. And yep. uh, yeah. That's, oh, and the Disney executives are probably very upset now that they prevented it from coming yeah, out man, you know, man, man, you know i hope but, that they, i hope the day will come when we'll get disney back instead of that woke crowd i hope yeah. they'll you but yeah. what did you start to say i didn't mean to interrupt well I, the other thing is that um a lot of conservatives made fun of the barbie film yeah and i i would like them to rethink that okay that's good to hear 
All right. Um, look, when I first started watching it, well, first off, Midge was never pregnant. So I was getting upset about that in there. You know, some of the, the facts of things. But I had to go back and watch it a couple of times because two of my neighbors are in it. Oh, really? Okay. And wow. Yes. Yes. One is the doctor and the other is one of the guys that. And why do we want to see that? Because I haven't seen it because I only heard negative about it. So what? No. what's what's good? Okay. To... Here's, here's the thing. Number one, it was directed by a woman. It has grossed over a billion dollars. And the only woman that that happened, but at the very end, Barbie says, I want to be a woman. If you go through and look at some of the subliminal messages, like when the young people first meet Barbie in the real world and they hate her because they blame her for everything that's been going on. And then there's a conflict between a daughter and a mother. And you see all of this get worked out and how people really? come yes and how people come around and then when you've got Ken going but who am I you know it's always been Barbie and Ken and she said Ken you have to be your own person you know it's those subliminal messages well, that's interesting that, uh, Jan, yes. that's really interesting so Okay, well now I may have to go see it. I mean, I don't want okay. her negative, so yeah. So you think yeah, I should? Yeah. We should see yeah. that one then. Yes, go see it and really look at the dynamics that are going on on the specific issues that come up. So, and then yeah. when when I, I don't want to ruin the film for you, but no, I'll give you news. And when when Ken follows Barbie to the real world, and he comes back to Barbie land and tries to turn it into a male dominated environment, you have to see how that is dealt with as well. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So a surprise. I wanted to, did, do you feel like the writers were intending to do that on purpose? I do. I, do. I wow. really do. Very interesting. Well, Jan, and, anything, anything else you want to tell the people uh, uh, before we close that, that we haven't covered today that you think would help um, well, yes. encourage or whatever? Yes. Uh, one, give up any expectations of how you thought things were supposed to happen because right. certain people told us, well, there'll be an arrest or there's going to be this or this is going to happen on this day or anything else. That's good, yeah. And the fact is that we all, when we're given that information, create scripts in yeah, our yeah. mind. And we think about how it's all going to get acted out. But your script's different from my script. And I only came to this realization after my hopium depression of 2020 and my hopium depression of 2022. And I realized, okay, yes, I want to see justice served out of anything I want to see justice served. What I need to do is realize, and it never became more true to me, of let go and let God. Wow. True. I mean, I've heard those words. I've said those words. But mm -hmm. it was That's let good. go and let God. And then what I needed to do was instead of focusing on what 
certain people that I listened to said and it didn't happen or whatever, I realized that gratitude is the highest spiritual form. And that instead of trying to get something out of them, I needed to be grateful for every messenger from God that was coming my way to help me make sense of things and to be able to sit when some sense isn't clear yet. So I would say, get rid of your script, get rid of your expectations. Then you won't be a subject uh, of hopium. Um, You look at the signs when Biden had said, I, I don't think we're going, we're, we're going to have any more military equipment. We're running out of our military equipment. That was an optic for China to tell them, go ahead, you can inv- uh, invade Taiwan. Wow. We don't have anything to protect them with because I've given them all to the Ukraine. Um, so uh, take things in, look at certain signs that happen. The mainstream media just told us that a teacher in Georgia was fired because she read a transgender book. Uh, Not because she didn't read it. It was because she read it. Then in Illinois, an art teacher was fired because they finally went to his social media and saw that, or maybe it's a he, her, or whatever they are. Yeah. and and was talking about the violence that he thinks about. And I mean, why didn't we're told that they check social media before they hire, but evidently in this case they didn't, but the mainstream media told us about this as well. So it's, it's droplets, it's Hansel and Gretel, hoping the crumbs are not eaten by the ants or anyone else that's in the forest. And that is what we have to take in. And the last thing I'll say is that um, our intuition and our physical responses to things are really what guide us. And our reasoning is sometimes where Satan comes to invade our brain or whatever. But the best way to think about it is that our intuition and our physical responses are like the car. The car, it's solid. And the driver is our strategic reasoning who has to make the decisions. And so when people say, I gave them so much hope, I can't, I, uh, I have a hard time taking any responsibility mm. for that. But what I do say is that what I did was I validated what you already knew but didn't trust yourself. Yeah, yeah. Please trust your intuition. I won't, I'll keep on talking, but please trust your intuition. Cause you knew, you knew because you wouldn't have heard me or felt me. Yeah. If you didn't already know. Yeah. I mean, something was telling you, this isn't right. Something's off. Something's wrong. Yeah. And we could talk for an hour on that subject alone. <laughs> yes. and, you know, my intuition did the other thing is like, uh, my wife and I had always had this deal. We've been married 45 years this year, and we always had this deal that whatever we vote for, we just agree so that we don't cancel each other's out. Not that it really matters, but it was just a thing. Right. Well, when I saw Trump come down the escalator that day and then he spoke and the media started picking on him right away, 
for the for his first speech. And my wife came home and I said, Doreen, I, you know that deal we have? I said, in case you don't want to vote for him, she hadn't even made up her mind yet. I said, I release you from that. I'm going to vote for this guy, whether or not anybody, you know, uh-huh. uh, my intuition said something is right about this guy. You know? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and um, even when, even when I did all my research for my, my book, I would explain it. Logic scrambled up is our intuition. And I had been at um, the University of Georgia and I was doing an executive program a, a training and, um, and I was talking about trusting your gut reaction. Yeah. And one of the guys got up and said, well, Dr. Halper, how do I know it's a gut reaction and not just indigestion? You know, <laughs> and, and, and look, I, I would get that. I mean, I've been around for a long time. so. Uh, there were very few women in the business world when I first came into it. So I, I, and I haven't had a lot of discrimination. I, I just haven't. Um, but that night there was a dinner and one of the men got up and paged the guy that was giving me a hard time and said, Jack Derliat, just want you to know there's a message here from your internist. It was definitely a gut reaction to help oh, wow. You know, and 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 it's to watch. So that was a start of it evolving that men were going to trust their gut reaction because um, this is back. Well, well, my book came out in 88, so it had to be in the mid 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, Dr. Jan, I appreciate it. Um, as it's I, a pleasure. It's, it's been a pleasure, fun. total pleasure. And I hope we can do this again when we get some next chapters and things you want to talk about. Let's get you back on here and give us an update, you know, and it can be everything from things you know and things you've heard and things you feel, just like you're talking about your gut um, reaction. Um, quick reminder, everybody, Johnny Eno will be with us tomorrow, so don't miss that. So I appreciate it very much. People, do, if, you, if you didn't pay attention, you're in UK. So what time is it UK time right now? Uh... 2021. Which is what? 821, sorry. <laughs> 821, yeah, my wife knows that because she's a nurse yes. or has been a nurse. Yes. She's not. Yes. Yeah, yes. so you've been, you know, we started this at like six in the morning or you were probably here getting ready by about 6 a.m. your time or something like that. <laughs> well, no, I appreciate it. I work U.S. hours. So oh, you I do? Don't go to sleep. Yeah, I don't go to sleep till about three in the morning. Okay. And then I wake up at 930. And I have time with my puppy and my exercise. And then, um, not that I lift weights anymore, but just. Yeah, did we, even, did we even say that online? We were going to say, I was going to tell people what, what was it you have in your past, you have deadlifted 358 pounds, you squat, done a squatted thing was 308 pounds, and you have benched 165 pounds. You don't look like a super large person to me. I mean, um, I always, they're still there, even. <laughs> you have some. Wow. I mean, that's now what, how, when you, when you, um, if, if, if you could say this back when you deadlifted 358 pounds, what did you weigh in order to do that? 105, 48 kilos. I didn't even know that was possible. You know, our, <laughs> our engineer that I pointed you out to, she's, she does powerlifting. So she oh. said, so we talked about it. 
and just before the show, and she said, well, she would have been about 104 pounds then because she knew the kilos. Yeah. And I said, I didn't know you could deadlift it. So why? And how, how, that was in California. Where was that? I, I was um, uh, ranked 13th in the United States. Oh, wow. And I was California state champion two years in a row. But the first year, um, I didn't lift enough to qualify for the nationals. And the second year, I did. But I still didn't do very well. In the third year, I took 13th. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. What did you do? To, to You just had to work harder to get ready for that? I mean, to... Well, I, you just have to train because Constantly you can't break your muscles. You've got to just... Yeah. It, where, where bodybuilders, we say, we powerlifters say, weights keep you humble. A mirror doesn't. Um, <laughs> That's good. Because... Because bodybuilders, they go for high reps, which gives them the cuts and definition, where I might um, have bench pressed um, 120 and then uh, and did 10 reps. I would go up higher, but I would only do seven reps. And then I would go up a little higher, but only do five reps. And you get to the point of just doing one rep so you're starting to train your muscles to experience it. And the most valuable thing my coach taught me, because then I would achieve something. I'd go, come on, let's add. Let me just add. He goes, no, you always end up on a success. Because oh, that's, that's good. what has got to stay in your visual mind. And one of the things that I loved about it was that, um, I was a talented salesperson. You know, I was a talent. I'm, a, I'm frankly a talented presenter or whatever. The weights, it had nothing to do with that. In my mind, if I was in a good place, those weights were light. And if I wasn't in a good place, sometimes they were too heavy to lift. Wow. And so it really showed me the power of how we think yeah. and the impact that that can have on us physically. And I, I just, I loved it. And I, I had a lot, I used to travel all over the country consulting. And what was so great about being trained was that I didn't have to think for myself. Those were two hours, three times a week. Someone told me what to do. Oh, that was, you know that makes sense, doesn't it? Because I've I've thought if I had a, a personal trainer, I would actually get more done because they would just tell me what to do, and they probably also say, "No, Steve, don't quit." Because I always <laughs> I quit too easy. I've never been a competitor of anything, but anyway. Well, yeah. you don't have to be a competitor. What you want someone is to just be there yeah. cheering you on. I'll never forget when my friends came to my. Uh, first competition that happened to have been in San Francisco and the power of hearing their voices from the audience just really yes yes yeah that's amazing well we're going to have you back and give us some more even the weight metaphors and instructions that's actually very life life lessons isn't it so yes very much power of positive thinking or just power of the right thinking so all right. God bless you, Jen. I uh, appreciate it. And uh, remember, everybody, Johnny and Lo will be with us tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. And we will see you tomorrow. Thanks, Jen. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take care. 
This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.